SA's lowest cost bank account is here. No monthly fees, no debit orders and free money transfers. Now you can do even more from your phone for free. Like pay bills and buy airtime or data. And it works on any phone. Register via the ShopRite app or dial this number. Powered by ShopRite. Waking up all day to via online. Debt follows debt follows debt. Unless you do something about it. Face your debt problems before they cripple you. It's time to do something. Waking up all day with Vuga Online Radio. You're listening to Vuga Online. More music, more inspiration. Vuga Online. But with a different focus in terms of uh, where we're going. And I like, Tabi, that you actually brought it up uh, in a sense uh, when we look at the role of women in a much wider yeah. perspective, because this is yes. also your job, right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you, exactly. Leave, you leave the office and then you still... Oh, sorry. Hey, hello, hello, hello. Uh, when you hear that sound, uh, you know that uh, we are doing the leadership masterclass and uh, uh, we are yet again uh, having that conversation about the the, the, the experiences of, of women uh, in leadership. And now what has been interesting, and of course I won't share all the details about it because a lot of this stuff is, is, is private and confidential to people, but something that actually just came up is around how do we split our roles as human beings, first of all, but particularly women, um, you go into the office, you have all of these demands about who you are, what you need to do, what you need. And last time we were speaking, speaking about the maternal instinct, we were talking about empathy. But then you go home. Um, uh, remember, we had that old conversation uh, with uh, 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 Scoffrey. Um, about the whole idea that a vendor woman who has to then go home, uh, she's a CEO at work, but when she gets home, she's a wife. She yes. has to kneel uh, mm. a duke and give the husband, who is a car mechanic at home, uh, water. But this is an extended conversation that says, actually, do we pay attention to the idea that women... Um, uh, 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 I have full-time jobs at the office and full-time jobs at home. So that's kind of what you guys are catching us uh, talking about, raising our parents and raising our children and all of that. Welcome to the show. Uh, as you can see, we always have lots of interesting conversations off air. If you could actually hear some of them, you would be very excited. But one day we'll sit in a room. In fact, the, the, the VUGA conference is coming up. The VUGA conference is coming up. In, in August, as I'm hearing. So this could be part of the conversations uh, that we have. But for now, in April, uh, is it April? Uh, it's, it's April, the 23rd. This conversation we've been having about women in leadership, we will essentially be taking into a conference and really helping people to hear and get through some of the challenges. 
But today, uh, Dr. Mvusi, introduce our guest, introduce yourselves and introduce our guest. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dr. Mo. Um, yes, uh, we are on the Leadership Masterclass again, continuing with our conversations. And uh, my name is Mvusi Songelwa, co-hosting here on um, Voga Online. Um, uh, our program is on Lipstick uh, Chronicles, uh, focusing on women on top. And we brought here another woman on top, an amazing soul. And I'm looking very forward, despite the discussions we had uh, of her, to actually have her insights because she always like, um, uh, you know, comes up with something different, in particular in this topic. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And Tavi, how are you? Thank you so much uh, for having me. Uh, thank you to Dr. Mongezi and to you, Dr. Mbuzi. I'm very glad to be with you today. Excellent. Um, I suppose uh, the question, uh, oh, am I on mute? Oh, okay, cool. I suppose the question, the question, uh, what does, uh, uh, what gives you the right to talk about uh, women and women issues in organizations is a mute one, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I guess what gives me the right, I'm close to half a century in terms of my age, but I've been over a quarter of a century in organizations and some of those years spent in leadership positions. So hopefully it uh, doesn't really give me the right, but I, I can add some insights yeah. uh, that may be useful for women who are there already or those who wish to be there. Yeah. And share, share a little bit. I mean, in, in, I like this. I like the century approach. Uh, <laughs> it makes him sound so ancient. <laughs> So share a little bit um, your journey, um, the highlights, uh, particularly picking on some of the experiences of uh, what, it, what it has been like in that 25 or so years of, of work as a woman. First of all, in the workplace, I think I want to touch a little bit on what happens now when you leave the office and go home, just a bit when we come back from a break. But share a little bit of the highlight yeah, so I've I've been in spaces where I guess, and that was in South Africa long before employment equity became an issue, uh, where you entered a workplace already excluded or grudgingly accepted. So that was really the genesis of, of, of my career. And, and with that came the, can I call it the struggle mentality that you then pick up? Yes. Uh, because you then assume every workplace you get into, you need to fight for yes. uh, your presence. But I'm glad that now, 25 years later, the issue of So the journey has been colored by a combination of struggling to fit in, trying to find my space in that big context, to then uh, with the changes being mm. accepted yeah. uh, and then finding a way of being intellectually present and being comfortable in my presence. Yeah. 
Yes. In that context, and and that being comfortable in that present has come with a lot of uh, chips on the shoulder, obviously, because you are a woman, and therefore the world must open so you can uh, get in. But also the appreciation that um, workplaces are not hiring people for their total well-being; they're paying for the mind, and therefore everything else you've got to find a way of packaging it and and arriving with it so that it can support your, can I use the word, your mental contribution, which they pay for uh, optimally. Mm. It's, which, which is quite fascinating. And, and, and I think uh, while Vusi uh, is sorting herself out there, um, I think what has been the biggest I don't want to use the word because I like I like the fact that you came before we, we talked about employment equity and then getting into this employment equity. Was there a difference, or is there a difference when you then look at what it looked like before it was a must to be recognized? I think that the struggle has remained the same. Right, because and it's for different people, mm. uh, and and I'll generalize here before I come to myself. So obviously, before that, exclusion was okay. You you knew that uh-huh. you were fighting to find your space, but you were not welcome, yes. and and so your battle lines were drawn quite nicely and neatly. So you knew what you were you were fighting for, what you were you're aiming to get out of it, yes. and then come the everybody's welcome. But that everybody's welcome kind of um world it's a had a lot yeah. of uh, pillars or rather obstacles yes. that mm. were no longer visible yes. than before yes it's a so you were now, yeah you were fighting a, a, an invisible struggle and, and it becomes very sophisticated mm. uh, because you can't see the obstacles and as a result your battle or rather your war strategy uh, becomes a bit messed up because you are now not sure what you are fighting against or for because the systems are there. They say yes, yes, yes. And, and hence I talk about the fact that we've moved from the issue of representation to inclusion and yes. the new battle for women. For me, it's, it's, there's enough of us now, but how do we include ourselves? And there's two elements to inclusion. There's self-inclusion. Mm. And there's a corporate inclusion because the biggest obstacle, mm. at least in my experience, for those who are now in spaces that are represented is self-exclusion. Yeah. Mm. And, and so we need to literally have a conversation which is intra-focused where women have got to talk about why do they keep on including themselves, excluding themselves in spaces that have welcomed them. And people are like, okay, you are here, find your niche. But and I guess I, I guess because a lot of cast, a lot of cast, uh, come with that chip on our shoulder of it's a struggle and then we are now not not able to know how to transact in an environment that is no longer a struggle. That's no longer a struggle. Yeah. That's such an important issue. We need to take a break, though, Vusi, and then you can uh, come in. Um, I see just an indication. Um, you are on a leadership masterclass, and I think I like that note that you actually just finished on. So let's pick it up when we come back uh, from break on a leadership masterclass after this. The Africa Center for Work-Based Learning is a professional development center for professionals who aim to improve their professional standing. This means that the learning programs we run are more than just academic programs. They are work-based programs that focus on leveraging your current experience as a professional to build your overall profile. 
a year down the line, the Africa Center for Work-Based Learning is developing into a preferred center for professional development in Pretoria with eight professional development faculties including accounting, teaching, entrepreneurship, as well as IT and many more. For more information, go to acwbl.org or dial plus 27127517608, the Africa Center for Work-Based Learning, where work is learning. More music, more inspiration, Vuga Online. The break is over. We are about to start again over to and and Tabi. Um, as you um, pick up on what you spoke about, uh, that we have to talk about um, the intra-focusing internally as women, I also want you to talk to the sophistication you were talking about. Um, in your experience, what is this sophistication, which I say is this untold story, this battle that you don't know what you are fighting. What has been your experience, even your experience, or maybe um, what you have uh, observed in the workspace? What 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 are these nuances that are so, invisible? So simply put for me, it's, it's, it's on the basis of self-preservation. So if you look at systems theory, for instance, chaos uh, comes into that, chaos theory talks to that. And you are that chaos that comes into the system. And, and so for the system to reorganize itself, it needs to preserve itself. So the sophistication is coming in a sense that people are regrouping either on gender lines or on racial lines or on professional lines or even on collegial or relationship lines to preserve themselves. And, and so that makes that struggle very sophisticated because you have enclaves within these institutions that are invisible. And so you become an outlier, if I can and I call it that, because then uh, we also have to accept that women have a challenge in terms of organizing themselves uh, yeah. on, on issues of mutual interest. So you then are a lone ranger. All these systems are now closed, right? Uh, you are not able to enter. And hence I talk about the issue of intellectual exclusion. Yes. Such that because the systems organize themselves, they also do lobby each other. Mm-hmm. They also do talk to each other. So by the time you come to collective agreements, collective programs, they already have a position that you do not have. And therefore you are now hitting at this brick wall and and, and because you don't have the power of the group you are then disadvantaged because it becomes the solo battle. And even on a lucky occasion where the group purports to support you, the immediately when the, the enclaves regroup, you find retreat because as a woman, your groups are not solid. You find people retreating and you are holding the machete on your own. And, and I guess that will also take me to the next complication of this is one of the reasons why women are not able to move with other women simply because of that. So it's not always about women not pulling each other up. Some women have tried to be the shagazulu of the group and they were left holding the machete on their own. And so they've learned to say maybe they are not called like Nelson Mandela to solve the collective problems. And that's why they are solving their individual issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I actually go ahead, like go ahead, that. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. 
No, no, I like that, and 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 I think I've shared this before, and uh, and Tabi, this understanding of that regrouping. That sometimes what you do, you actually think you're dealing with this issue, and you don't have yeah. um, an insight that the things that were happening, the lobbying that happened. Yeah. Uh, and you get surprised. Maybe you spoke to one or two. You get surprised when there is a retreat in public in the boardroom, um, and you kind of like fight for yourself now, uh, even yourself. That's that. I, I like that one. Tatama, you wanted to yeah. say something? No, 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 I'm 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 listening to you guys uh, talk, and it's it's it's, it's uh, on on one hand shameful uh, from a from a gender perspective uh, because I'm also repositioning myself from a, um, a race perspective um, because intersectionality continues uh, to be part of these yeah. conversations, right? Um, so uh, for, for the, the story you're telling Pumi is not just about your gender, it's also about your race. Uh, so yeah. it's now double uh, a double whammy already uh, right there. Because I remember as a male, young black male coming in uh, into an Africana environment, and uh, the, that sophistication that you're mentioning uh, that says, oh, no, we accept everybody. We, we embrace everybody. And then there's all of these nice words. And then you sit in the room uh, with a mandate and everybody starts speaking in Afrikaans. And yeah. uh, it's an official <laughs> way. And yes. can't actually yes. speak against it. And then they yeah. go, oh, but you have to learn the language because your customer base is... Yeah. So I, I kind of wanted to hear maybe what, maybe one of one interesting example of that kind of exclusion and how did that actually show itself up uh, for you that's memorable. And, and you keep going, like, every time you go back to it, you go like, you know, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I think uh, for, for me as a story, and, and I won't mention that because companies are involved, yes. is many years ago, I had been one of the experts in a specific subject, and I came with that skill set that actually nobody had yes. uh, at that time, and it was needed. But then when we had to execute the project, I remember uh, going to think I would lead and being delegated to doing catering. Yes. <laughs> uh, at the at that time, and that was what close no. to twenty years ago. Uh, and 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 so I, I recall telling my boss at the time who was male to say, "I came here. I thought I'm coming to share my intellect, and I'm told to worry about the catering." <laughs> and him then answering because this was the biggest learning for me. And him saying, "I think you should go back to the meeting, agree to the catering." And and then I complained again. I said, and as I was sitting there, somebody brought tea next to, because I was the only woman in the room, brought tea next to me. So the expectation was to serve it. Yeah. And then he asked a, a very empowering question later on that says, do you have a struggle pouring tea and talking at the same time? Oh my mm. God. And then I'm like, no. And then he says, then it means if you really want to participate in the conversation, but if you want to be included uh, going forward, learn how to serve the tea. Because what does it take from you as a person? And, and so you mm. can imagine when you first hear it, when you are young and you think you're all that, yeah. it is the uh, Amanda type of conversation. It became so empowering for me. And it's a story I wish to share with women that sometimes 
when you remove the chip off your shoulder, not everything is what you think it is. Yes. yes. Uh, and, and therefore, by starting to pour tea, it meant I got to understand people as individuals. So I knew this one likes coffee, but it also enabled me on a day when I needed to be part of A, to go and offer tea into that collective, right? And when they say right minutes and you think because you are a woman, but then you sat in these very powerful meetings and this happened when I was young mm. and I was able to now know how people posture in board meetings because I sat there and I took minutes with degrees in that board meeting or in that important meeting because it meant I could understand the facets of the business. So so I think when I talk about self-exclusion, yeah. it comes with people not being mm-hmm. able to appreciate that sometimes what is imposed on you, you've got to decide whether do you take it to empower you yeah. or do you use it as an empowering tool? So my biggest, yes, thing, yes I thought tea, me, notes, what? But then when I turned it around and with the help of a man, because yeah. he says, then show them, how your multi-skilling adds value. You can write notes, you can do strategy, you can comment while you're writing the same notes at the same time, which actually meant you were an asset. And what then happened is you you begin to have what I call uh, invited inclusion. You are not a full member, but then you become one of them. They don't leave you behind because you are no longer making things and everything an issue. So all of a sudden, when you can make tea, that you are a woman, it makes no difference anymore. Yeah. That you are black, you, you stop dropping all the chips yeah. until you start showing up as that professional yeah. who can add value. And because you have de- devalued all of these things, they don't yeah. then have power over you. And, and I think for me, that was, if you want to call it what, what happened to me, I was really livid at that time, that yeah, day. Of course. <laughs> but throughout the years, it's, it's actually been what had anchored me in my journey that says, just because somebody talks to you in Africans, if you can Google it quickly, mm. respond in that language, because the the end goal is always sometimes more important than the process. Yes. And I think sometimes women get stuck in the process. Yes. And then oh. they lose the end game. Oh, mm. I love the example you just gave. It actually just gave me goosebumps. Um, uh, I, I mean, in, in the whole series, uh, as we've been having this, this is probably one of the most seminal uh, pieces of information for me, uh, empowering already. Um around, because I'm hearing three layers of this conversation. The first one around self-perception. Um, yeah. Who are you in the big scheme of things? Uh, what are you bringing as a human being into, into that room? And if you're perceiving yourself as not enough, you're going to bring that not enoughness uh, in mm. and you won't be able to hear when mm. um, your difference actually makes a difference which which is the second layer because the making tea is a social stereotype perhaps a, a, a an incomplete stereotype i like how chimamanda puts it because she never says stereotypes are bad she just says the thing about stereotype is that it's called it's incomplete right mm. so they may have been coming in with an incomplete picture you don't know or they may have already knew that this is part of a full picture. She is a woman. Uh, she probably can make tea better than we do. Uh, let's make her useful. 
but she is here. So we include her. So it's the power of end. It's not you are a woman or you are an executive, but it's you are a woman that can serve tea and, and being able to figure that out for yourself in your values. But then the, the, the big layer for me at the, the, the top is the, the, the layer of purpose. I said, yeah, okay, cool. Um, what do I want? Yeah. First of all, in this room, uh, is it just about being in this room or am I actually here about the battle that I'm fighting? And this is part of the, this is part of a, a small battle of a big war um, that I'm a part of. And I, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, how's that yeah. from someone? Yeah. That's, that's precisely the point, uh, because I think, and, and that also talks to women believing that every woman is supposed to fight all women's battles. Yeah. Some women are, are supposed to do that, some are not, because they, they, their orientation and the reasons why they come into the spaces are completely different. Uh, different. So if you then understand your bigger picture... Uh, and these, for me, are some of the hindsight lessons I've learned because it wasn't always this obvious. If you understand the bigger picture, you, you then can have all the isms that, that exist. But but your listening in for them changes because you do understand that sometimes people are doing them out of ignorance. Sometimes people are doing them because they are bad. Sometimes people are doing them out of fear. Sometimes, and most times, it's self-preservation. And you've got to be generous enough to ask yourself a question. If you were in their shoes, would you do it different? And if the answer is, is not that you would do different, then you've got to find a way of harnessing that for your own advantage. Finding a way in which you get invited into the spaces because they will never be your spaces. So when we fight about inclusion as well, we need to be careful not to want to be included in places we actually don't want to be part of. We just want an opportunity, in my view, for intellectual inclusion. Because I talk about workplaces as where we have, they hire you for, for your mental aptitude. So bring in what will add value and then go back and play where you are supposed to play. Because I think that the, the head butting is on people wanting to join square environments when they are around. Yeah. Yeah. This brings it... I, I want yeah. us to take a quick break. Uh, please hold okay. that question. Uh, uh, we've gone a bit. Uh, she is an executive vice president, stakeholder of nations. I don't, is that is that still the, the truth? Uh, uh, yes, it is. I mean, <laughs> Social sustainability. Yeah, just want just want to make sure you know, uh, and we'll actually talk about that as well because I think for me the positions that women get actually uh, allocated. Uh, in terms of roles, it's always also fascinating. But as she said, 25 years experience in corporate affairs in the public and private sector. And before then, she was the head of corporate communication and branding at Anglo-American Platinum, amongst other things. But she is also an author, coach. Ish, wait again, wait again. <laughs> Let's take a break, a uh, musical break, more music, more inspiration. <laughs> Join Discovery Bank to experience the most innovative digital banking products and features at your fingertips. Open your account in minutes and transact immediately with your free virtual card. Get more from your money, pay less interest on your credit, and earn more on your savings. Enjoy smart ways to pay medical expenses and get flexible gym visits with Vitality Pay as you gym through Discovery Pay. Track your spend with our smart budgeting tools for a real-time view of your finances. Get all this and more. The future of banking. Now. More music, more inspiration. 
Vuga Online. Welcome back to the Leadership Masterclass. And um, Vusi, you were about to ask a question when I rudely interrupted with my advert. <laughs> No, that's uh, that's fine. Um, Tabi, you know, I was uh, uh, just uh, excited about this different perspective as Dr. Moore um, spoke uh, spoke about, and 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 yes, um, this this program is about um, giving back to those who are to come as much as we are sharing. Now, what I wanted I want to know is. With that perspective that you have now or you had or you realized over time that you have to actually find what will empower you and give back the gifts uh, of those who think they are giving you the evil, uh, you take the good out of it. What has been the long impacts for you um, um, in, your, in your journey of leadership? at the perspective that you realized over time that, hey, I don't have to be fighting all the battles. Um, Sometimes what I see might not be true. People are doing these things for different reasons. Um, And how did that help you over time? Or what impact did it have in your leadership journey? Look, I I think uh, the the biggest lesson is your perspective is not the absolute uh, perspective. So, so that for me was a key, key learning. But I think it, it actually freed me up and we shouldn't, um, romanticize the fact that the leadership journey has got to come with moments of pain. There'll be moments when you're feeling defeated in the workplace. And once you, you have this perspective, you are able to sit in that moment of defeat. You are able to sit in that moment of of pain. And then you are also able to sit very comfortably in the moment of triumph. So the the, the misnomer that the struggle that women face are unique. I've kind of think these are human struggles. However, because we we are not uh, having default settings that allow people to feel defeated and pain in the workplace. When that happens, we then make them the overall experience. Mm. what we experience in the workplace. So irrespective of the kind of workplace you get in, yes, you are going to be disappointed. You're going to be excluded. Uh, But if you've got a long-term view, there'll be moments of great inclusion, great affirmation. Uh, But if you come and get stuck, and I use an example, I say, you know, a lot of us in our careers are stuck at the scene of the accident. The paramedics arrive, we refuse for them to take us the tow truck arrived and we refused for the tow truck to take the car. But if you allow that moment, you acknowledge you're in the, the accident, go to the hospital because you really need to go and regain your strength. If your car is written off, because sometimes some areas of your careers need to be written off. It means yes. you go and get the new car from the insurance. If I use the car as a metaphor. And so, yeah. but we struggle to have our careers written off or so badly damaged that they've got to be parked at a repair shop somewhere because mm. those are not what women are wanting to talk about. So oh, hopefully if this conversation is to say, it is okay that one day your career is going to get destroyed, sit in that. Yeah. It is mm. okay that you're going to be sabotaged, sit in that. But real life, you, 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 play fun. you will recover. And can we now start using these conversations to say, the the accident is not the defining moment, but is a yes. huge and a deeply painful learning moment. Yes, yes, yes. And and most of the time, 
time uh, we actually get into the journey not planning ahead as you are saying so we don't have some of the people some of us didn't have the luxury to kind of like have the questions that dr moore and you are alluding to is the who you are and what is the end goal yeah and we get stuck so what is it that we need to do uh, to be able to know that now we must get out uh, of the accident scene. Let's get to the ambulance. What What are the tools that you can share with us that you think we need to be Look, looking at? Acknowledgement is a big one. Uh, and, and individual acknowledgement. And I mean, the story I shared uh, before the interview, as I said, I mean, I had planned to study and do start in 2022, but something happened and I had to get stuck at the accident scene. So acknowledging that you'll have those moments yes. is quite yeah. important in helping you go forward, but also appreciating that whatever you face in any workplace, organization, even in families, it's not personal. Mm. Sometimes the things that are happening to you are happening to others anyway. So if you remove the personal lens, you are able mm-hmm. to get yourself out of the, can I use the word, aha shame moment. Um, yes. It's all about me and my world is collapsing. Because yes, sometimes your world needs to collapse so that you can find a new one. But mm-hmm. I think as a collective, uh, and, and this is, is a, it's a global phenomenon, we, we romanticize and glorify the outcome that very rarely do we sit in such uh, interviews and talk about the process of succeeding. Mm. So all people see is the the trophy at the end and uh, maybe the great start as it gets announced. But all of us have just kind of, if you look at the iceberg, literally the two tips you see are the start at the beginning. But underneath, we are not having the courageous conversations about what sits underneath, what it takes to get to that uh, trophy yeah. at the end. And I'm hoping that if you ask me, what would it take? Let's yeah. have people learning to swim and, and understand what sits inside the uh, below the, 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 the surface. Because therein lies the comforts that, oh, there's so many fish that are uh, dying there. Maybe some of them are getting CPR and they're coming out. So, so that your failure is not uh, fatal or finite. Yes. Uh, or final. Yeah. So hopefully... Uh, if you talk about the Lipstick Chronicles and, and those who must share the stories, let's share our failures as well so yes. that we can normalize the process of success. Yes. Yes. Love this. I love, I love this. Is there a book here? I'm going to put you in the corner. I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing a book here. <laughs> you know, the book stories is a, is a difficult one always, but... We need to write about those things. Yes, yes. I, I, I was having a very interesting conversation with someone um, last week um, at, at, some, at some workshop and we started talking about the idea of authorship and telling these stories. So um, we're now developing a narrative library of, um, uh, we're developing a narrative library of uh the stories of women. This is probably the the biggest so far that we that that, that is available um, that I know about. I don't know anybody who's spoken about this subject so extensively um, for so long with so much richness. So that's one way in which we tell our stories. But um, I think 
we don't need, we shouldn't um, put ourselves obviously in the corner about, oh, we should be writing books. This is, this could be enough. As Africans, we start, we are storytellers, but we are also storytellers in terms of authorship. So we shouldn't also be holding ourselves. So back to your uh, accident metaphor, we should also get out of, get, get out of that. Uh, I like the chip on the shoulder, that chip on the shoulder that says, oh no, we don't, and we don't we don't write we do um who told us we don't write we do so those who can write let's write and i'm hearing a book here uh, <laughs> transcript please transcript please let's get some books. <laughs> transcribe it you know yes but, but, but i think we should tell those difficult stories because uh, a lot of women who've made it some of them have actually failed while they were at the top yeah. Right. Yeah. And so they are now hiding themselves in corners. Yeah. And yeah. when we tell our story, we only tell that small, yes. small little bit yeah. that still gives us the center. And I understand that because obviously the ego uh plays a very important part in who in who we are so i'm hoping that we then advocate for the evolution of careers right because at one point you are sitting at the top you need to appreciate that when you get to the bottom that could just be an evolution into a new journey yes instead of you seeing it as i failed and therefore i've got to hide because your success is your success is a snapshot in time Mm-hmm. And when that time ends, you got to be able to, to, to do that. So if you look at some of the struggles in the workplace, are people struggling to move out of the snapshot yes. of their high moments because they, mm-hmm. they have not been socialized in terms of how to deal with the low moments or even the plateaus of life. Because at some point you have to plateau because maybe in your career, and I know it happened when I was raising my kids, I cannot put my career on uh, on, on autopilot. I, I had no interest in growing it uh, until they got to a certain point. And as I'm talking now, last year, I thought I'd be studying this and that, but I had to then get into my parents' journey. And therefore I, I'm comfortable with making it plateau. Uh, on the basis of the fact that I'm now choosing things that I think are valuable to me. And it's not even about making yourself less. It's about making a choice of the things that in your journey you, you wanted to take as success points. And where you get paid a salary is not always the one point where you've got to be ticked for success. Sure. Yeah. It takes so much effort to actually not ask this question because we, we actually have, have left with no time whatsoever but i'm gonna ask if you can answer it as sharp as possible because you actually and it's not actually just answer it how, however <laughs> it's, it's actually it's actually a, 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 an important piece to, to, for me in this conversation because we don't talk about it when we came in we started talking about also you get out of the workplace because that usually this works women in leadership but we don't talk about leadership it, it, it doesn't stop in the office. Yes. You still yeah. go home and lead a family. You still go home and have all of these dramas. Uh, how does all of these lessons apply there? So for me, the biggest lesson that applies is uh, work-life balance is a myth. You have to make the choices on the basis of which glass is breaking at that point in time. So you 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 have to learn the art of quality time and quality relationships such that even if you worked 18 hours a day and you gave your family two, is that two 
equating to the 18 hours of your absence. Yes, yes. And, and for me, it's, it's just learning to love yourself and forgive yourself for that choice. Yeah. Because as a working mother, I have found that contrary to what people said, my daughters are appreciative of having a working mother. My other, my, my children, my parents are also appreciating of having a working woman. What we never negotiated is how we then divvy up the time. Because sometimes, like I said, my career plateaued, I gave them 18 hours. I gave work too, just so I can get by. So yeah. if you begin to learn the language of trade-offs yeah. in the interest of your choices, yeah. you are then able to become a stable mom, a stable partner, yeah. and potentially a very successful career woman at, this, at the same time. But to try to think that there will be a scale of balancing all of that, I think that's a myth we need to break and we need to advocate for women to know that certain choices will be a priority against the others. But yeah. quality, 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 even if you spend one minute with your husband or your children, make sure that it, they will remember that one minute because you've offered them your all. And I, I think the problem that. right now is we don't offer our all because we are trying to juggle everything. I love that mm-hmm. because I think it continues to then talk about my evangelism on leadership that says you actually make decisions moment by moment. This whole idea that there's one answer that actually applies to absolutely everything when we have so many complex, beautifully complex, and sometimes painfully and sadly complex lives is a is a thing. And the other complexity, sorry, sorry, because I have to ask this, you know, it's my favorite question. Uh, Has there been men in your life that were uh, useful, supportive in getting to where you are? What what are what are those stories? The question is, has there been? Men, gentlemen, the yes. other, that other gender. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, and my story is, is difficult because I'm a product of the other gender. Yes. Wow. From my partner to my father, because I think when my father, uh, I, I told my father what I wanted to do, he says, whatever you do, make sure you take it to the top and I'll be there. Right. And so that affirms you as a woman. And then you get into a partnership with someone who says, I'm happy to take care of what I need to take care of while you're becoming who you have to become. Mm -hmm. Then you go into the workplace because I've been fortunate or unfortunate, whichever way you want to look at it, to be working in male dominated environment. All my sponsors were male. And I think the one thing they taught me is the minute you see yourself as a person, the better you become as a contributor to an environment in which you are. Because at a certain point, your intellect will remove the gender or the race. Your your work ethic will actually make us people who did that presentation. They will not necessarily care whether that presentation was delivered, was made by a woman or a a man. So I think a gift to, to us as women is to say, could we work at such an ethical level uh, or at such a quality level that it becomes irrelevant uh, that we are women or, 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 or that we are men? And I think when we get to that point, I think then we've reached, can I use the word, the tipping point of mm. the self-mastery mm. in the working mm. environment. So I've been very lucky from beginning to end. 
Uh, there's been women who've been very influential, but my percentage of men supporting me versus women, I can almost confidently say that I've got 60% support of, 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 of men. It's in my case is different because I've been in male dominated environment, but I'm sure if I'd been in other contexts, uh, they could have been empowering women. And, and then I think that the last thing about that is women don't open doors for other women to support them. And even when other women want to support them, there's no clarity of intent. There's no clarity of of outcomes. And therefore, if we begin to be clear with intent and outcome, I think we would begin to nurture a whole lot of supportive uh, female relationships because then you remove the fluff and the politics of the relationship. You are clear why you you are with together. You are clear what you want to to achieve together. Yeah. We're kind of off wrapping up, but I'm going to ask this question. Um, which is going to be coupled with uh, you giving us what's the takeaway of this conversation. This The, the, the question I want to ask is, in your perspective, do we really have to talk about the issues of women in the, in the, in the, work, in the workplace? Definitely. Uh, definitely because we, we have mistaken the numbers that are increasing for a normal context. So now that the numbers have increased, the conversation needs to say, is the context within which they are working or arriving conducive for them to succeed? So so for me, we're no longer saying, give us the numbers. We are saying, make the environment conducive. And I think the conducive conversations are not happening at the pace at which they should and are Mm -hmm. not being authentic enough because they are uncomfortable, because conducive means uh, including people intellectually, giving people real power. That's what inclusion means, uh, rather than when it was representation, which was about the label and the office and the position. So we've now transitioned from those soft conversations about inclusion to the hard ones. And I'm just not sure how many people are, are prepared to have the hard ones because they, they require organizational culture change, they require yes. breaking some some enclaves to enable inclusion, and and those are hard conversations that are hidden behind. We've got X percent. Yes. What would you like people to take away from this conversation? <laughs> you you hey, have one actually, line, please. One line, if she, yeah. <laughs> just a, a one line. Um, you have you have talk, spoken about the untold stories, the real, the real untold yeah. stories. Now, just give a one liner before I give it to uh, Doctor Moore. No, thank you so Dr. much. Doctor Moore, you spent ten minutes here uh, of our of our interview. <laughs> no, thank you for the opportunity. But really, my takeaway is: be yourself and respect the power of your own voice. That's powerful. That's powerful. Wow, that's Definitely powerful. Perfect. Actually, a perfect summer. You know, some people, I, I, I envy people like you who just know English, and then they can just share <laughs> and just put it in one line, and then yeah, pair. We close the song. We always close the show with a song. What song should we play for you? Oh, thank you for that. Walu, <laughs> walu. <laughs> that's my. You are the first song. person to be excited about this question. No, I only have got two songs, Waluwatu and Spongile um, Kumalo, and she knows my favorite song, Little Girl, so you've got a choice of both.
Ah, okay, cool. We'll probably play both because both of them are my favorite songs, but not at the same time. So they will come. (laughs) You have been on a leadership masterclass. We're way out of time, uh, but it has been great. uh, uh, Wow. um, uh, from Tavisile. Um, thank you so much. Um, um, she has served so in, in every yeah. in, in corporate yeah. and has been sharing. I mean, you, UN High Commissioner for Refugee and all of that. She has been involved in academic environment, cause facilitator, academic contributor, coach. When do you sleep? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. thank you so much for your contribution and to everyone um, who is listening to us wherever you are in the world. Remember, it is about, we are now having inclusion conversation, not just representation. And that's a a more complex conversation to have. Looking forward to connecting with you next week, Dr. Vositlos. Wow. Respect the power of your own voice. My goodness. Thank you very much, Tavi. That's why we had to nudge you to come here to actually bring this kind of perspective to and share all this wisdom um, with the, the listeners and, and us all. Thank you very much, Sisi, uh, for taking time uh, to, to be with us. Have a great day. Great. Pleasure to you, listeners. Goodbye.